You're listening to the Wheels Off Liberty Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Brett. And I'm neither. And you're tuned into the podcast. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> Who the hell is this? It's uh, Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio. How are you doing, my brothers in freedom? How did you get our number, dude? That's what I want to know. How did I get your number? Uh, dude, I mean, you use your iPhone, don't you? I can track you everywhere. By the way, what the <laughs> hell are you eating that you have got to spend so much time in that toilet? I don't understand it. That backsplash must have you waddling around like a greased duck. Good grief, man. Everybody, welcome to the show. Stefan Molinox. Cuts. You know, How the hell do you pronounce your last name, man? I tell you, not that way. I tell you. It's <laughs> not you know, you know what that sounded like? That sounded like, you know in Terminator 2 when that big machine crushes the robot and he goes... Bleh, bleh, bleh. And that sort of sounded like, like a dying robot screaming. <laughs> it, 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 it's exhaling gasp in French. Right. Molyneux is the way it goes. So see if you can give that a shot unless you need a couple more shots to get the French right. Ah, a couple more shots. So you know about the drinking on Wheels Off Liberty. Did you grace us tonight with with an alcoholic beverage, Stefan? Our listeners um, love that. Uh, I have, and this is how much I drink. Uh, we have a barbecue here for listeners every summer. And left over from last summer, I have a beer. It's a Molson Canadian. Uh, and um, I, I would like to tell you a joke, uh, if I may, since this is uh, about uh, a comedy show. Uh, and uh, the joke goes a little something like this. What is the difference between sex in a canoe and American beer? Mm. What is the difference between sex in a canoe and an American beer? Either way, you're going to make that pussy wet. Well, there's actually no difference. They're both <laughs> fucking close to water. That was a good guess, though, wasn't it, dude? That I mean, was a very good guess. That. Yeah, this is, uh, I think, 6% alcohol. Uh, so that's, um, well, that's quite a lot, I think, relative to the um, uh, the uh, mostly water stuff that you drink. So cheers. Well, I'm, I'm telling you right now, dude, that's some of the most un-American sounding beer I've ever heard. Yes, and it even has a Canadian flag on it. So uh, it really is uh, north of the border, no question. I don't know if we should even talk to him. You know that me and Brett are just straight-up American-loving people. So what are you yes, drinking on, absolutely. Jamie? I'm drinking the unofficial sponsor of Wheels Off Liberty, which is Jim Beam. How you like that? You're 6% alcohol. Well, I think you've got me beat by quite a percentage because that stuff uh, is, uh, you know, you, you sneeze near an open flame and you lose at least one eyebrow. So I'm going to have to hand it to you there. No, dude, it's, it's great to have you on the show. Everybody can look. You can listen to Stefan or watch his little videos. He loves himself, by the way. He's got he's to gotta film his podcast because he's such a masturbator that he watches himself. Yes, but I do have, I do have forearms like Popeye, so uh, it really does, uh, it does work out that way. <laughs> so, so what's the name of your show? Tell our listeners where to find your show at, Stefan. Sure, it's at Free Domain radio.com and you can also catch me on television every week usually monday 7 p.m on the great adam versus the man at adam versus the man.com vs the man.com or rt.com russian television now adam versus the man that's adam kokesh right Kokesh. It certainly, kokesh. Is. it certainly is and he is the kind of host 
that really makes you want to do some push-ups before you go on his show. Because, man, is he buff. And I look like a noodled-armed, really kind of anemic philosopher guy next to uh, his supremely buff body. So, uh, basically, uh, I'm just uh, pumping iron before I go on his show, and that's my approach. It's the only thing I've got to offer. Brett, this is the gayest thing I've ever heard, dude. Oh, come on. Let me get a little bit more into this beer and talk about Adam's biceps. We've got a lot more gay to come. Please, please, be patient. Be patient. Look, not only have you got gay, but you've got gay with a little bit of a British accent, which is about – it's like it's icing on the gay cake, and it's gay icing. It's pink icing in the shape of a on the gay cake. That's really what I'm saying. You, one thing about Adam Kochkis that I've – I can't say his name either, but all of y'all – American haters have funny names. You got Molinox and Coquiche and Brett Vonnaut. Barack Michael. Obama. Yeah, yeah. It's actually it's actually uh Vinoit. It's French. I, I, uh, I know I know Brett and I still can't say his name, so it don't matter. Taryn, what kind of name's Taryn? Glad he ain't even recording tonight. It's finally a good show again. But anyway, Adam, he goes out to the Republican convention, holds up a sign, and next thing you know he's got a radio show. Good. They let anybody have a show anymore. I'm going to hold up a sign against Republicans and everybody love me and listen to my radio show. I didn't do that on Wheels Off Liberty and look where I am. A trailer yeah. park in Oklahoma. It's a, it's a big sign saying uh, career disaster this way. Uh, that's the arrow, <laughs> I think. You, you're like this big warning sign, you know, the kids, this is what happens if you don't get your own radio show. So, so tell me, Stefan. Uh, on Wheels Off Liberty, man, we have some really big-name guests every once in a while. I mean, giant names. Y- you'll watch, like, Fox News, and they'll have guys like Ron Paul on every once in a while. Or who's that? Mike Suckabee. I think he's on Fox News. Um, all, all those, the name pl- main players and everything. But on Wheels Off Liberty, we have very, very special guests. And you're in for a treat tonight, my brother. Because we have right here the number for heaven. And our publicist has contacted St. Peter and got us an interview with none other than Osama bin Laden. Have you ever interviewed no. a guest that big? Uh, you know, I got to tell you, that's that's quite a get. And, and that's, that's pretty impressive for a small show on the corner of the Internet to have scooped <laughs> every major news organization, not to mention every 14-year-old's uh, Ouija board in the universe to actually get through to this character. That is some pretty impressive stuff. So, you know, hats off to you. Kudos to you. Let's get, get straight into it because that is something to hear. All right. Let me just let me find this number real quick. Uh, no, I think it I'm starts dialing. with area code 666, but I could be wrong. <laughs> Let's see. Darling? Hey, hey, this is this is Jamie with Wills Off Liberty. I got Stefan and Brett with me. It's an honor. Is is this Osama bin Laden? Is this you? Oh yes, yes, this is me. This is Osama bin Laden. Thank you for calling me. I've listened to you a very long time. Oh, it's, <laughs> is he it's good to have you. Now? <laughs> what the hell kind of accent is that? <laughs> He's hiding in the left nutsack of Kim Jong-il. Anyway, go on. In heaven, all the brown people sound exactly the same. It's Mexican. It's everything. We all sound the same. There's no discrimination in heaven. I yeah, I did think it sounded a little a little Mexican or Latin, which which is surprising. 
you know, all you need for an American audience is not American, you know, just foreign. And, and that's really all. You, there's no differentiation. Not here uh, and maybe even someplace close to California, but not here for sure. And that's really all you need. So, so Osama, man, let's let's get to this interview, man. We got some. Man, we have several questions for you because I always figured that you were probably on the payroll of the United States. Something must have went just terribly wrong with that, man. Uh, it happens, you know. George W. and I were great friends, but Obama never liked me. He used to use the sand N-word, and that would hurt Osama's feelings. <laughs> the sand N-word. I didn't know you were so... Uh... I didn't know you were so 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 sensitive, Osama. Oh, yes, yes. I was not always this sensitive man, though. I used to be very harsh and demanding, but one day, after I beat one of my wives senseless for showing too much ankle, I started questioning myself. I then bought her some booty shorts and started tipping her for lap dances from the stash of dollars that Dick Cheney would send me. <laughs> my goodness, man. Like well, I guess I, I have a question. Uh, so, Obama, um, it would appear that they found uh, penis-enhancing drugs in your compound, uh, something like Viagra. It's not exactly Viagra to keep your, you know, your um, your Johnson pointing skyward. Um, so basically, it's not every tower in the world that you wanted to come down. Is that a fair way of putting it? Yes, that is very fair. But to be honest, Osama did not run those airplanes into those buildings. I, I would imagine that it's rather tricky getting through airport security with a two-ton dialysis machine trundling behind you. Uh, I, I've got to think, given that I have to empty a penny out of my pockets, that that might set off a few alarms. So uh, I think that was probably wise to not uh, not do it yourself. So you were talking about Dick Cheney, and he would he would send you dollars. I mean, did you ever keep in close contact with Dick Cheney? Oh, yes, it is because that Quaker State drinking fucker that I got myself shot. He was over at the house watching the movie Strange Brew, and I forgot to turn his iPhone off. I vowed to declare jihad on Steve Jobs. Blah, la, 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 la. I, I have a question for Osama, if, you're, if your voice has recovered from your enthusiasm. Uh, I have a question for Osama. So, according to, um, to certain interpretations of Islamic law, you get 72... Virgins in heaven, uh, that's correct. So what I don't understand is that in heaven, I don't think anybody ages. Like you don't get older because you're never going to die. So nothing about your body changes. So isn't it the case that these women are going to stay virgins for the rest of time? And isn't that just like, I don't know, having a uh, an itch that you can't ever quite scratch? That doesn't quite seem like heaven to me to have 72 beautiful women around uh, that you, you can't touch. Is that is that what's occurring or is there something different? Osama hates that. Osama, Osama has 72 virgins, and they just keep telling me that they love me. They always text me, I love you, Osama, and put a little smiley face at the end. It really wears Osama's balls out. And besides that, every time I make love to them, it is bloodier than my death scene there on Earth. I'm up to my knee deep in pussy. But goodness, it's not any good. Give me 36 sluts next time I die. They're better than... 72 virgins any day. That's, a, that's, that's good to know. It's good to, it's good to get that kind of feedback on what's going on in, in heaven there, because I guess it's heaven for you with these women around, but I guess they're not exactly in heaven. They must have been very bad in a past life to end up with you as their, you know, pleasing man-meat provider. Osama mm, got giant cock. Oh, my goodness. This is very revealing. <laughs> Steph, these are some hardball questions, and, and we're really getting... 
uh, accurate and uh, detailed answers here. I really like how Osama refers to himself in the third person, uh, thus reminding me of Elmo on Sesame Street. You know, Elmo hungry, <laughs> just like how Osama's referring to himself in the third person. That's, that's, uh, that's good. You know, that's, uh, that, that shows a, a, um, uh, a lack of self, I guess, and a, a challenging grasp of the English idiom. So, uh, but I still can't get the image of Elmo and 72 virgins out of my head, though I certainly hope that the beer will help. You make fun of Osama one more time and I slice your fucking throat. <laughs> you slice my balls? <laughs> <laughs> I think he just said he'd slash oh, your slice throat, my throat. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, well. so heaven's been going, uh, go, going good. It's treating you good. Sometimes I did get lonely though for my good friend George W. Bush, but you know it's better than I thought. George W. Bush come to heaven every once in a while and talk to Osama. You're kidding me. Whoa, uh, that's kind of crazy, dude. How does George Bush get to heaven? Well, ask him. He's right here. Do y'all want to talk to George W. Bush? Hey there. Goodness, it's George W. Bush. George, how do you get to heaven, dude? Well, you see, long story short, uh, you guys know, you understand, I'm sure, that the Earth is run by transdimensional lizard Jews, right? Am I revealing that? Am I breaking that on your show? No, we we have known this on Wheels Off Liberty. Well, well we go to Bo Bohemian Grove. These they they wear suits, so they look like they look like us, but they are our masters, and they taught me how to do the transdimensional teleportation, so I can get to and from. See what I'm saying? <laughs> Man, that's that's amazing. So you just go to heaven to hang out with Osama bin Laden and like kick it with him I, I go up on the weekends we have like a we have like a sunday dinner and then we watch the sopranos which is conveniently still on the air in heaven it's like in its 12th season tony is still kicking ass <laughs> taking names great it is great to hang out with george w bush every weekend and watch the sopranos we are good buddies yeah well you know we go way back it was it was actually uh uh, Osama's brother that got me started in the oil business, a little company called Arbusto. We used to drill dry holes in Texas. And uh, his brother, Salim. How, how's that crazy dickhead doing anyway, Osama? Obi. I call, I call Osama Obi, short for Osama Bin. It's like my nickname for him. You know, one question that I would have for Osama, first of all, is uh, when, when exactly did you die? Could you, uh, could you tell us? Osama been dead for like 10 years, but his name out of the limelight. I died many years ago, and my body has been hidden in the deep freeze of the White House. We were friends, and, and I, couldn't, I couldn't come to terms with the fact that he was gone, so I, I never told anybody. But this was like, like 10 years ago. It was hard. So you just kept him in your house? You kept him in the White House, George? Yeah, yeah but on ice. We use ice for dead people that we want to reveal later Man, that is that's hard-hitting news right there so uh, guys i mean we're about half we're gonna have to go to a commercial break here in a minute but it, it's been a great honor to have you both on wheels off liberty at the same time i mean i feel like i've really learned a lot of things i mean but i got one more question for y'all has somebody already taken over as the lead terrorist against the united states we have all the terrorists that we need. We have like 300 million people who are all looking at each other all funny. And they've gotten very comfortable with the idea of being treated like criminals. So we don't need like a new terrorist mastermind because all the American people are, are terrorists now. 
See how, see how that works? It's beautiful. Ah, yes, yes. And, and also, all you have to do is, is look at the brown person that the USA is giving weapons and money to. First, it was Mohammed Mazadak, and then it was Saddam Hussein, and then me, Osama bin Laden. I would warn any Mexican that is taking food steps to be very cautious. We have to go now. Three words. Transdimensional lizard Jews. Well, that was Osama bin Laden and George W. Bush. Somehow the lizard Jews have transported to heaven. Heaven. Let's give them a warm applause that for coming on Wheels Off Liberty, guys. That was that was absolutely insane, man. You never know what you're gonna get when you listen to Wheels Off Liberty. We'll be right back with more of the show. Are you pursuing that hot chick that's so far out of your league, but you still want to get with her in that most special, dirty kind of way? Well, try giving her some of George's famous baklava. It's a walnut baklava with over 50 melt-in-your-mouth layers made with only the freshest and all-natural ingredients. Now, it doesn't taste good enough for her to sleep with you, but if she eats a tray of that, she'll turn into a complete badass and be brought down to your level. Check out Mandrick.com. That's M-A-N-D-R-I-K.com. And get her some of that baklava today. You're back with more Wheels Off Liberty with Jamie, Stefan, and Brett. And you just heard a word from George's famous baklava. Do you know George, Stefan? I do. The man has some excellent baklava. My wife is Greek. And she said that uh, it was like like the old country, and so uh, it's highly recommended. Is she as hairy as George? Because he's a hairy son of a bitch, dude. Uh, she has quite the head of hair. She has to take a good run at a single width door uh, because she's got, especially <laughs> if it's humid out. Uh, she's like Diana Ross uh, with uh, electrodes going through her. So yeah, she's she's got some hair. But not that back of the knuckle, uh, you know, uh, uh, back of the knuckle down, you know, where the hairline meets up at the eyebrows, like some sort of Cro-Magnon thing. Uh, she's not that way, like the Greek guys. But, yeah, no, there's definitely uh, – uh, together, she and I have, like, a normal human head of hair. So that's, uh, that's the way it works here. Our theory, <laughs> our theory is that George, who in his current Facebook picture is wearing a turban, uh, it, it appears, in a picture that he took of himself, um, is uh, is part of a sleeper cell, and uh, the food is is supposed to become popular, and then he will use it to poison people. Wow, you have a pretty complicated relationship with a pretty simple dessert. <laughs> well, it does taste good, but it's going to kill me. Right, you could just diet, man. I'm just saying. So uh, last week, man, we were Brett and I. We had promised our listeners the week before that we were going to talk about um, candidates like Ron Paul and voting. But sure enough, Osama bin Laden got killed. Which, by the way, came on Wheels Off Liberty in the last episode, which was total greatness. But we got carried away and talked about Osama bin Laden's death last week. But and and we kind of left our listeners hanging on on a topic that we kind of teased the previous week, which was. Is it moral 
to even vote for liberty candidates. I mean, is it okay for Jamie Crane, which has every good intention in the world, that would never even consider going to steal from his neighbor in order to fund any program in the world, is it okay for the voluntarist mindset and the anarchist mindset to go out and actually cast a vote for any candidate at all? Uh, I would I would have to say no. I mean, I don't think that, you, you know, uh, everything that we're trying to do that we would like to see, you know, the world become. And I know it's different for everybody. And uh, we, we understand that it will take a great deal of time. But we've seen uh, aside from the, the failure of political solutions or political thinking that, um, you know, Ron Paul being president could somehow. Uh, reverse the things that we've seen in the last 10 or 20 or 50 or 100 or 200 years in in this country. Um, I, I think that, you know, this has to start on uh, on a personal level, and I think that people should be uh, consistent when, when it comes to their attitudes towards uh, the public life. I, I was recently talking to somebody who was actually – we were talking about this debate – and she, I think I, I mentioned this on the show before, she described herself as, she said, I'm, well, I'm a Republican, but I'm uh, liberal on social issues. And the, what she basically described was that she's a libertarian, but didn't want to call herself that. You know, in, in, our, in our private lives, all people who are not sociopathic are pretty much following libertarian principles. They don't... Uh, initiate force to solve problems or, or meet their goals. And... and when it comes to their their public life or their political life, suddenly it's like they're in a forum where these things are okay. And I really think that people should strive for consistency where, you know, I mean, politics is the initiation of force. So I'm really, really against participating in it on any level, in a nutshell. Yeah, and I think that, like, in the liberty movement itself – you you get a lot of infighting. I mean, it, it's kind of it's kind of um, little girlish to me. I mean, you'll you'll see some anarchist arguing with minarchist and and that kind of stuff. And I really don't want to pick a fight with a minarchist because let's let's face it, dudes. If if we're ever going to get to a degree of self ownership where there is no government involvement in our lives, I mean, we're probably gonna. If we're doing it like via the, the Free State Project or something like that, we're probably going to at one time roll back government slowly, 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 slowly. But eventually you'll get to a form of minarchism and then take the next step. Take the next step to, to anarchism and see if it works. So, I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with somebody going out and voting their their morals for somebody whose philosophy is... Let's get government out of people's lives. I just don't really know if it's the answer for me. I really don't want to participate anymore in in any of their their systems or schemes or or you know I don't want to be the governed by the consent of the governed or whatever that damn saying is. I mean, I just kind of feel dirty voting for any politician anymore. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. I think that's an emotional level response that any acceptance of the political realities of government is inevitably going to end up at. You simply that the, look. There's no contract in a vote. Let's not pretend that there is. There's no voice in a vote. Let's not pretend that there is. The people that you're voting for are already bought and paid for by special interest groups. That's just the way that it is. Public choice theory dictates inexorably 
the way that the government is going to grow and the way that the government is going to go. So to think that your vote anonymously uh, to some guy who's already had his funding paid for by special interest groups, who has no knowledge of your vote, who has no contract with you, who is not bound in any way, shape, or form to fulfill any of his campaign promises to anyone, to imagine that that's going to do a damn thing is the height of self-delusion. And I think what it does, this is the big problem I have with the political addictions of libertarians and minarchists and anarchists sometimes too, <clears throat> is that we are not self-critical as a movement. We need to be self-critical as a movement. And we need to look at the basic fact that when the Libertarian Party was founded 40-odd years ago, government was a hell of a lot smaller than it is now. So what went wrong? When classical liberalism came in 150 years ago, government was a hell of a lot smaller than it is now. And they tried politics, just as the Libertarian Party tried politics. What went wrong? 300 years ago, or more, Adams, 200, 300 years ago, Adam Smith was writing, Ricardo was writing, all of the great classical economists who were into free trade and the free market and limited government or small government, government was tiny compared to what it is now. So the political solution has been tried for hundreds of years, and yet we keep doing the same thing over and over again. Some guy comes over the horizon with a halo on his head saying just the right things, and it's like, aha, he's going to save us. This next one is going to be just right. And we don't criticize ourselves and say, it hasn't worked for a couple of hundred years. Why? What are we missing? What other options can we have? We just keep doing the same thing over and over. And I can't help but think it's just a kind of anxiety management. It's just, well, I don't, I don't know what to do. So I'll do politics. So I don't know how we're going to get the government smaller. So we'll just vote. And, and people aren't stopping and being self-critical. And what bugs me so much about that is that libertarians are so critical of government programs that never achieve their goals and yet are never repealed. Well, why don't we look at politics as a libertarian program to control the state? If you go all the way back to the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, it's a libertarian program to control the state. It has never worked, and yet we won't criticize it. We'll just turn around and criticize the welfare state for not working and never being criticized. So, yeah, I think it's time to look in the mirror and say, look, it hasn't worked. We need to really grapple with that as a movement and start to look to alternatives. I think what the agorists are doing is quite interesting. Uh, I obviously have my own approach, which is around peaceful parenting, but we've got to start trying some new things. Otherwise, we just look like people are compulsively washing their hands. One thing that I've always kind of found interesting, if you look back at history, is that I mean, every government ends up falling. I mean, that's just, that, that's what it does. I mean, things get tore up in the world and any organization is going to end up collapsing over time, no matter what organization that is. But, but one, one of the governments that's kind of been around for a long time and, and will probably continue to be around and is a model for other governments when you think about it. If, if you're a government and want longe longevity, wouldn't you look to China? That government's been around quite a while, and they've been very oppressive to their people. Do you think that these politicians who are getting paid in their business of politics and government is not looking at the model plan of, of other governments that have beat down their people so much that they rule them with an iron fist, and they've been in power for decades and decades and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years? And they do this by brute force. So, I mean, it, it is a, if, if I was in the business of government, I think I would look at China's game plan and go, hey, you know what? Maybe we can be in power more if we enslave them to a deeper level. If uh, we, yeah, if we killed said. more of them. 
I know what you're saying. Look, I mean, that's that's pretty tempting. The problem with that, I think, is that to be a Chinese ruler in like the 14th century, even if you, I mean, they went through this hyperinflation because they had fiat currency. Hey, doesn't that sound familiar? But right. if you were like a Chinese ruler in the 14th century, you had a pretty shitty life, frankly. You got no antibiotics. If your teeth start to go, it's like, well, all we can do is pull them out and hope you don't die of a tooth infection. I mean, they had a pretty that crappy sounds life. sounds like Oklahoma, dude. <laughs> That's right. What's a great pickup line in Oklahoma? <laughs> nice tooth. <laughs> anyway, um, hey, for a fat chick, you don't sweat too much when you dance. <laughs> anyway, um, but you know, if if you grind your people down too much, then they're not very productive. They just get depressed. Like you can get a slave to stack one brick upon another, but you can't get them to design the internet. So you need, if you're a ruler, you need to give people enough freedom that they think that they can choose their own lives. And then they get all productive and they want to be capitalists. They want to be entrepreneurs. They want to work hard. They, I mean, that, that whole dream, of course, is falling apart, which is what's one of the fundamental things that's happening to the modern Western economies. But if you grind your people down too, yeah, you can stay in power, but ugh, you know, it's, it's a pretty crappy life when you don't have any running water. And that, that was very my, true, uh, dude. That was my thought too, is like, I think in the decades in China after Mao, they, the leaders started to realize, and I think we can really see this happening more today, that they had to let the chicken's feet touch the ground a little bit. You know, like they they had to. I mean, we, we all agree that China seems to be moving in a direction away from uh, communism, right? I don't know either that or we're moving in the direction towards it. And it's just looking normal, Brett. Well, look, uh, England, the British government controls more of the economy than the communist government does in China. So, yeah, right. I think they've passed England and uh, they're, you know, heading that way. Sure, yeah. I, I agree that, that China, I mean, they are getting a little more economic freedom, I guess. I mean, they're probably, in my estimation, they're probably about the same as the United States anymore. Maybe a little less, you know, free market, but it's all it's all relative. I mean, yeah. we don't have a free market here either. I mean, they, they're we're, a lot we're in the more, same. Sorry, I would say they're a lot more free market if you count the hundred, you know, $80, billion, $80 trillion or whatever of unfunded liabilities that the U.S. has. If you count that as part of the size of the government, then they're way more free than America is and has been for a long time. Very, very true, dude. So, um, Brett, do you have anything else you want to add on on the, on the voting issue of of casting your vote to the to the angel that'll save you or anything like that i mean should our should our listeners who's who's on the fence of the minarchist and the anarchist uh, you know threshold what should persuade them besides just saying i'm no longer gonna even think about asking a politician for any permission or, or waiting on them any longer what else would persuade them would it be would it be dude your vote's not gonna matter anyway it's never going to come down to to your liberty philosophy to um to get fifty one of the percent of the people to agree with you. You don't need that to start with to live as a free man. So so how can we how can we teach this philosophy philosophy to people in order to let them see the irrelevance of of putting their eggs in this politician basket and and no longer supporting the system by starting in November and not going to vote for anybody. It's, it's, What's going to be the turning saying, point? Look, it's all about saying to people, I don't vote. I don't vote. I mm. don't vote. I don't participate in the system. I'm not going to get on my knees and beg for little scraps of freedom and little bits of money to float down from the master's table. I'm not going to do it. I have too much pride. It's, you know, 
everyone who's interested in the freedom movement, everybody who's a libertarian, everybody who's a minarchist, had better understand that they are leaders. They are leaders whether they want to be or not, because we're such a minority. Yeah, we're growing at times, but you know, so is the power of the state. But we have to be leaders, which means we have to lead by example. The fact that if you're into freedom that you don't vote is something you need to say loud and proud and clear and strong. It's important that you don't vote so that other people see your disgust with the system, your contempt for its irrelevance, your lack of desire to shuffle with the other slaves to get a few pieces of bread from the masters. You don't participate in the system because the system is corrupt. And if you participate in the system, you're saying that there's hope for the system. You're saying that the system can work. You're saying that voting matters, in which case, what the hell are you doing being an anarchist or a minarchist? Yeah, the other thing, too, in our, in our own lives, we have all these spheres of control. And as we get further and further away, they become less accessible and less controllable. The state is, is beyond everything else in, in our lives as far as its distance, as far as its inaccessibility. But that's where people decide they want to start and where they want to put their effort. Well, before that, they have, you know, the things they dealt with as children, their family situations, what they dealt with at school, and their own personal life, their own emotional health. And, and any time that I ever found myself, I mean, because we all, I guess we all start there in politics. We, you know, we, we have... Uh, people don't like the way I talk because I don't have big central plans. They like the big central plans and 14-point plans and decisive leadership. So, so when I say I don't know how all of these problems would be solved because it might need a bunch of different solutions, for some reason people, people want that. They want to hang out in that area where they kind of know they have no control. And I don't really understood that, but everything before that, everything in all of those like concentric spheres closer to our person – uh, is being neglected. And I think that this is not like voting to me is let's find uh, it's like chipping away at something from the top instead of building up something new from the bottom, from a personal level. And I think it's it's very frustrating. It's very, very disempowering. Sure, Ron Paul's uh, campaign in 2008 brought a lot of people into the liberty movement. But I would I would estimate or I would guess that just as many people walked away frustrated and defeated when they saw the way he was treated by the other candidates, when they saw how hopeless it was, and and they just thought, oh, well, I guess there's no political solution, so they walk away. You know, people got burned out, and they gave up because they started in the wrong place. You're trying to, trying to put a guy who says libertarian things into the position of president in 2008? Are you kidding? So... I think it really needs to start somewhere else, not at the most difficult and inaccessible place possible. One of the very discouraging things that I see out of the whole Ron Paul Liberty movement is people will just throw money at this cause. Now, there are a lot of people who are sitting in county jails for growing a plant. There are a lot of people that sitting in federal prisons for deciding not to pay the master anymore uh, on tax evasion charges and things like that. I think that Liberty money would be much better spent besides having a $5 million in a one day money bomb for Ron Paul to help out some unfortunate kid that might've got caught with a joint that is looking at spending the next four years in jail, ruining his life, being locked up in a cage and and, and 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 sponsoring causes of that magnitude that that actually affect a person's life. 
I mean, Ron Paul's going to get on Fox News and they're going to ask him the question, do you take your marching orders from the Taliban? That was an honest to God question asked for him in the last election in a debate. There's no way he's going to win, especially when the media is at the it's at the status level that it is right now. It's pretty much bought and paid for. I mean, they get their news stories printed from the White House itself, basically. So there's there's not an opportunity for him to win. And when I see these hardworking people that go out and that man, they bust their ass every day at their jobs. And then they want to send a politician a hundred dollars in order for him to get three percent of the popular vote. It's a waste. You could you could better sponsor liberty in other ways financially even than giving sending money, it know, to a politician. I, I, w- I gave him money in 2008 when I was in a very different place. Actually, interesting story. I don't think I ever told this before on the show, but uh, I was listening you know to Free Talk Live at the time and uh, Wes's show Complete Liberty. And on Complete Liberty, I hear about Free Domain Radio. So I'm on, I'm like on the Ron Paul bandwagon. So I'm going through. Steph had like, oh my goodness, 800 podcasts at the time, and and I was just going through them looking for topics that seemed interesting. So I saw a bunch about Ron Paul. So I download them, and boy, did that take the wind out of my sails. And I was like, who is this guy? Why does this Canadian guy care about uh, Ron Paul? But it was it, I think that was part of the – I mean, I wound up not voting for him, but I really didn't want to hear that at the time. That was like the, – those were the first episodes of your show, stuff that I think I ever listened to. And that was frustrating, wow. right? Because you kind of know. You, you kind of know that what you're doing is pointless, and this guy's not going to win. But um, – yeah, I, I mean, I, re- I remember that. That's interesting. And I was giving him money, so there was some uh, some cognitive dissonance there, I think. I was just supporting my cocaine habit, so I couldn't afford to send Ron Paul money, but that was my that story much. on it. Look, it's it's also, it's uh, it, it's too late. You know, it's, it's way too late for a libertarian candidate to go in. You know, <laughs> the, the time you don't want to get promoted to be captain of the Titanic is after... You hit the iceberg. You know, the guy comes up to the first, I don't know, what a first lieutenant says, hey, you're the captain now. I resign. You know, and he starts slithering off towards a lifeboat. It's like, hey, I'm captain. Yay. Why is there water around my (laughs) feet? Yeah. Right. So it's, look, the system, uh, we are in the, you know, like some guy dies and his legs keep twitching or his hair keeps growing or his fingernails keep growing. The system is dead. The system is dead for decades. This is just the aftershocks. This is just the after effects. This is not where this is the last time we ever want a, a libertarian president because he's going to preside over the end of the system. And who's going to take the blame? Is it going to be everyone who came before? No, no. Yeah, it's going it's to be good. libertarianism and it's going to be poisoned for hundreds of years. Absolutely, right. dude. Whoever's whoever's in charge gets the blame immediately if it's their fault or not. Hey, Stefan, dude, it was great having you on tonight's episode, man. I really enjoyed this. I mean, you're not probably as smart as Brett and I, but still, yeah. I think I mean, I'm you... as smart as you guys put together, certainly not after my uh, manly Canadian beer, which has given me, I must tell you, I must report directly my 17th chest hair, which uh, I'm going to have a little celebration <laughs> with some, some cake and 17 candles. Hopefully none of them will burn uh, my, my new chest hair, but I'm, I'm really quite excited, so, so thank you. Yeah, man, it was it was great having you on, Brett. As always, it's um always good having you on. You can check out Brett's show over at SchoolSucksProject dot com. Check out Stephen's show. I know you're on LRN dot FM, little Ian Freeman's pirate radio station. Goodness, and just mind, mind if I throw out a few uh, a few conferences I'll be speaking at just uh, real quick. 
Sure. Go I'm ahead and plug the, uh, yourself, I'm at the man. Porcupine Freedom Festival uh, this summer. Uh, I'm at uh, Liberty Fest 2 in New York, September the 10th. Uh, 2011 um, at Libertopia out in San Diego in October. You can go to libertopia.org for more on that. And uh, there's a Liberty Cruise, which you can get at fdrurl.com forward slash cruise in case you wanted to join myself and uh, I think uh, Guy from Freak Talk Live and uh, and uh, some other great uh, Liberty thinkers. So uh, listen, just a, just a pitch more for, you know, I want people to come to the conferences uh, even more than I want them to come and see me speak. But uh, I hope that people will, uh, will go out and support these these great people who are organizing this stuff. Well, the only one of them you mentioned worth a damn is Porkfest, because that's the only one that got me to speak. What do you think about that? The rest are a waste of time. Oh, well, I guess that goes to the neighborhood. Uh, but the other two should be really great. Uh, <laughs> hey, as always, we thank all of you for tuning in. Listen to Stephen Show over at... Uh, FreeDomainRadio.com. Right. He's always got some great information to share with all of his listening audience. As always, we thank you for tuning in. You can find us at willsoffliberty.com. Search the iTunes store by typing in Wills Off Liberty. And we're also part of the rotation over it. Even though he hates our guts, Liberty Radio Network, LRN.FM. i got to plug his show, or he beats me. He puts couches on my yard and calls the cops. No, not the way I like. Ian Freeman is straight up a slave driver. He got into the liberty movement just to convert it to to his whole brand of dictatorship. No, no, but what you do, do do what I do, man. Email him once every month to beat me, beat me, yeah, beat me, eat me licorice with. And then when you see him, it's uh, it's a uh, it's a tasty uh, bunch of SM, which are my initials, so it works pretty well. And as always, you can also find us over at SafficaErotica.com which is an incredible website if you're into like hot girls kissing girls. As always, we thank you for your listening pleasure and never trade your freedoms for those nasty government comforts.